Hey everyone, it's Kyle here at the beginning again. We got some really positive feedback about our content warning last week, and because of that, we're just gonna make that a thing now. So if you ever wanna check in about content warnings, either about things that might be potentially triggering for some folks, or for things that might pose issues if you have certain disabilities, please check the description below. Uh, all our content warnings will be written below that kind of basic description of the episode. Previously on Quest Friends. Zoe's not coming on any adventures. Adventures are dangerous. I don't want any of you dragging her off on crazy capers. I need someone to watch my baby! I could watch it for a minute. Mob is gonna turn over and say, well, you're a real natural at this, aren't you? Tell you what, I'm gonna go in front of the float. There's our plan. I made a plan. Oh no, oh no, I can't, I can't find an injury. I can't find any injury. Look, behold, the Ellie badge. It's impervious to damage and insurance scams. And you should know, of course, every time you showcase an object, we've got to test it out. If things go wrong or start to get wrong, yell, yell at me as soon as you can. I will shock lies. In Ruletia, anyone with capital can scratch their way to the top. But why push your way up off those bottom-feeding slackers when you can gain investments from those already at the top? The Great Vespari pulls magic out of rudimentary tricks, selling out shows across the Steadfast that showcase nothing amazing. Lorraine Stiles made her fortune selling off-brand artifacts to the town of Cartesian after a reckless accountant failed to play the odds. And of course, Tommy Funbuck built up the city of Ruletia, innovating cutthroat maneuvers from metaphor to reality. Together, they'll hear pitches from mogul hopefuls and determine whether they want to invest. Will our contestants' pitches swim, or will they get tanked with the trash? Live from Piper's Pit, it's Trash Tank. Hey everyone, welcome to Trash Tank. My name's Tommy Funbuck, and today I'm joined by the Great Vespari. It is I, the Great Vespari, and uh, Lorraine Styles. Oh, Tommy, it's always a pleasure for you to invite me. Oh, what am I kidding? The producers forced you again, didn't they? Hello, everyone. But anyways, it's not about me and my relative high popularity. It's about the contestants. Can we get the first one out here? Uh, hi, my name is Anne. Uh, and today I, I want to pitch to you the, the gold, goldfish. So uh, you, you take your fish, you know, your, your pets and your fish, you take them. But what if they made gold too? So I have this, oh no, this is terrible. Let me, let me start over again. So you take your fist and trash. Uh, excuse me, I didn't finish. It's trash. Why would I use magic? It's trash. Oh, oh okay, um, uh, I, I understand, Mr. Vespari. Uh, 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 Mr. Funbuck, so if you just look at this. No, I agree, it's absolute trash. 
Gold is so tacky, I only demand platinum. And why would I want to be giving out gold to everyone else on the street? That is not cool, my dude. People need to make their money by themselves. This idea is absolutely trash. Miss Styles, listen, Anne, your little goldfish thing is adorable. It's cute. But you already did your first attempt at the pitch and you had to do it again? I know you are passionate about your idea, but ultimately, you're just a little leaping goldfish, jumping from your tiny pond into an ocean of sharks. I'm sorry, Anne. Your idea is trash. Uh, no, 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 oh, oh, please, uh, oh, okay, no, I, I understand that, please, Violent. Splashes of water slap across your face, Shock, as you stare dumbfounded at this projector in the center of the room. This projector operates the same as the Tommy Funbuck statue in the center of his casino. Like a fountain, it shoots up jets of water, but these jets form an image. In the casino, it was of Tommy Funbuck, but now it's of this television show called Trash Tank. And you watched as the announcer introduced the three judges. You listened as they blatantly disregarded the first contestant's pitch. And now, you feel the water sputter out from the fountain projector, which attempts to take the form of a tornado of trash emerging from underneath the contestant's feet, shaping itself into a massive trash shark and swallowing her whole. So yeah, a lot has happened since uh, Tommy confronted you at the parade as you tried to sell Ellie off as some invincible grandma product or something like that. What was, I don't remember what it was, but what, what would you have named that product? What was the name of the like invincible grandma? The invincible grandma. Cool, that's <laughs> what it is. Invincible grandma. Uh, doesn't just work on grandmas, but also regular old ladies and regular ladies and really just anyone. <laughs> um, but I'll let you pitch it, not me. Anyway, so after that point, Tommy uh, wrangled you all up. There was no, it was clear that there's no getting out. Even Mauve was like, I'm going to put down, you know, I sword and just, just deal with it. And from that point on, Tommy has decided that your pitch was bad. It was a very bad pitch, but it was entertaining. And he wanted to capitalize on that entertainment by putting you all on his TV show, on his deadly TV show, Trash Tank. So you're currently in the waiting room of Trash Tank, right outside of the main Coliseum space of Piper's Pit, which made the demise of the previous candidate even more alarming. As you hear her garbled screams from the fountain projector, as well as her muffled screams from the actual stage next door. The room is pretty nice, though. It has the same red carpeting and platinum banister aesthetic of the casino in Funbuck's Funhouse and Hotel. Leather chairs that you sink a little too much into are scattered all around the room, and they're all facing the fountain, of course. The costume mates that you saw in the parade are stationed at all of the doors, and their t-shirt pistols armed to kill, except for the costume Denine, which is holding an armed t-shirt bazooka. This costume Deneen is positioned next to a set of double doors oh that stand at the end of an extravagant staircase and lead towards Tommy's personal chambers. In addition to the guards, miscellaneous workers and contestants are scattered around the room. Of note, uh, and by that I mean these are the ones that like I might actually reference, 
You see a woman with a firmly pressed suit and matching lips holding onto a small artifact with an antenna that bends itself back and forth, like the craning neck of a dog sniffing something out. Vespari's assistant, the Blue Fairy, has been gliding around the room, but she's currently standing with a Cubo monitor. So that was the monitor you talked to Cubo on, uh, in case you just wanted to shoot the shit with Cubo before you died. And in the middle of the couch, Zoe, poor Zoe, has dug herself so deep into her jacket and tightened up her hood so securely that outside of the lump of fabric, you can only see a few small fingers holding onto Everett's propeller beam. Mauve and Everett were recently called in to pitch their product, and Mauve had Zoe hold onto the hat because Mauve knew that Everett would try to pitch the hat as his product if she didn't have someone else hold onto it. So that's the situation. Uh, Mauve and Everett are going to be up next to pitch their product. And you've kind of got this lay of this uh, way too nice, but also way too heavily guarded waiting room for the TV show Trash Tank. Oh, where where are you? What have you been up to? I'm hovering around Zoe. Uh, and by hovering, I mean, you know, not, not actually hovering. <laughs> No, I'm not hoppering. Hoppering is when you're hovering, but you're like shaking your hands the whole time. You're like, oh God, oh no, oh no, this is bad. Oh no. That's hoppering. <laughs> oh, um, I think that Shock is just sort of standing maybe by the couch, leaning on his staff, like just staring ahead in a blind panic because this is so alien for Shock, and he's just now starting to grasp. Like, obviously, he knew that there was extreme danger when they were first captured. He knew. That's why he sent Misha and Hopperscotch away. But it's starting to dawn on him how ill-prepared he is to deal with something like this. He doesn't really get what these people want. And absolutely none of them are people he trusts not to kill him at the first <laughs> opportunity. Uh, before we continue, I want you two to do something for me. We have two perception rolls that are going to happen this episode oh, no. that I do not want you to know when I'm doing them. Oh, no. So I would like you to make them right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. I would like... For the record, for any listeners who happen to be here with us still, that I am legitimately terrified. Oh, I'm horrified. I had just a knot in my stomach. I am very afraid about everything right now. I'm so angry. <laughs> now I know how Hallie feels about Lorraine. <laughs> oh, uh, two of them you said, right? Yeah. Let's try number two. <laughs> what was the first one? The first one was a four. Okay. And the second one was a 13. Got a 10. Okay. And a 13. <laughs> we both got unlucky 13. <laughs> well, you guys are fucked. Oh. I think we just failed two perception rolls. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I want to go over to some place where the wall, where nothing's in front of it, and just punch it. <laughs> Alright, give me a roll and hit that wall. Uh, where did it go? Oh. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was a nat 20. 
<sighs> that wall's gonna be feeling shit in the morning. Uh, in fact, you can hear it almost like groan a little bit. Like, ow. Ow, I'm just holding up the... I'm holding up the room. Shock will definitely start at that wall punch. All right, shock starts. And so we actually... Shark, sh- uh, you see the little, like... Uh, the little, basically, bean that is Zoe wrapped up. Just kind of, like, jump up in the air a foot and then pop back down. Uh, at hearing such a loud sound. I just well, keep actually, hurting my baby. I'm going to say she didn't, because her hair is how she hears, she wouldn't have heard it, but it would have reverberated enough throughout the room that she would have felt the vibrations. You know, kind of when you like slam something, you can hear it echo throughout the room. Yeah. I'm so upset with everything. What do I do? I don't know what you do, you do. <laughs> I'm I'm allowing this time for you two to do uh, some stuff before I have characters do things. Okay, so Mauve and Everett are still in the room, right? No, Mauve and Everett have left. Mauve oh, they and Everett have left. are up. You can actually okay, faintly. I thought they they're were. pitching right now. You can hear them out there. They're actually pitching something. You hear uh, Everett like gets two words out. Yeah, no, this is super edgy. And then Mauve just cuts in like, and by edgy, we mean on the cutting edge of innovation. <laughs> you won't find a product more innovative than this one. So uh, it basically, it's Everett messing things up and then Mauve is deftly uh, correcting him. I keep telling myself that you wouldn't kill Everett. Like, I know for a fact that you would kill Mauve to hurt us. <laughs> But I don't think you'd kill Everett. And I'm telling myself that because I'm incredibly afraid for them. I want to talk to Zoe, but I'm not really sure how to go about this. And Emily's heart is hurting. I can go first if you want. (laughs) Yeah, please. Well, Shock is going to approach Ellie after that punch and say, "Mm, uh, Ellie Badge. I'm sorry that that I got us into this mess, and I'm 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 afraid because I I don't I don't know what to do or what to say. Like you've been around people more, you do you do you know what they want? What what like what can we say that would make us not die out there? Or should we just be trying to get away? First off, it's it's not your fault. You don't need to apologize for anything. I I feel like you've had better luck talking to people than I have, Shock. Maybe you've got the little boyish, naive charm going on or something, but if I go out there and start talking, we're going to be screwed faster than maybe if someone else is. If nothing else, if they, like, have the trash shark come in, plan is gonna pick you up and I'm gonna toss you as far as I can away from the trash. Like that that is the level of plan that I am at, Shock. I don't know. Um you said that there there are guards standing in front of like Tommy Funbuck's personal area. Like, is there an area we can explore around here? Like, find anything to weasel out? Uh, so they're guarded at each exit. So there are about three exits, I would say. And then on top of a staircase, there's a double door. And there's one guard there with a giant bazooka. It's in a giant Anine costume. Uh, the only really interesting thing I'd say you could probably get some information from is you can see that uh, the Blue Fairy was interacting with one of those Cubo panels. She has now left that panel. So you could talk to Cubo. 
Uh, there's that other contestant. She's got really pursed lips, so she probably doesn't want to talk to you. Uh, and then there is Zoe. Do you do we want to do that now? I mean, are you are you ready to Zoe? I don't have much more of a plan. Yeah. I suppose I can go try to hit up Cubo. We don't have a plan. <laughs> this is our plan. I suppose I could just go hit up Cubo and and see what's what's happening there. Can Shot go over and ask questions of Cubo? Or? Yeah, you can go. You can go talk to Cubo. We're gonna resolve that in a little bit because I want a couple of things to happen before then, just so we have some good pacing. But of course, yeah. And then you want to go over and talk to Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So she is in like the middle of the couch. She is just plopped down, sunk down. I genuinely feel a little bit nauseous. So do I. That's why I want to get this over with. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to go sit next to her and. <laughs> How is she sitting? Is she, like, got her knees up to her chest kind of Yeah, you don't see her. You just see her hands poking out of her jacket. And you... She's rocking back and forth. And you can hear her faintly humming. She's going to stop humming, and you're just going to see the head, the little hole where her head is, just turn around and look at you. Uh, and it opens up a little bit, so you can just kind of see like a little bit of her face. And she's just like, "I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry that I, I tried the help and I got in the way of your plan. I should have trusted that that was your plan. I just got scared because it looked like you were in pain, and I didn't, I didn't like that. I don't like it when people get hurt." Zoe, that's wonderful. That's not something to be ashamed of. That's that's something that sometimes I don't do. But me trying it now, we're all gonna get hurt. And 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 because I tried to stop you from getting hurt, now now everyone's gonna get hurt. And no uh, one's gonna get hurt. But but they are. And 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 you, because you succeeded your first uh, your first perception roll, you see the top of her hood. You see it kind of flicker a little bit, as if something had like tapped against it. And then she starts uh, kind of crying out. She's like, Oh no! Oh, I have such a headache. <sighs> How do how do I help? I don't know. Everything hurts, and I just I'm sorry. And she's gonna tighten everything up again, and she's gonna keep rocking. The the rock is just gonna flump down on top of you. Oh. Ellie puts her arms around Zoe, but really, really carefully, and not touching her at first. This is not something that she is familiar with. But she finally lets her hand rest on Zoe's shoulder. I'm sorry, I can't fix it. You, 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 you were, you were humming the the song that my dad taught me, right? The one that he learned from you. Yeah, I was. I hum that when I get nervous or scared. Could you, could you hum that a little more? I don't know if I'll get the tune right out of character. <laughs> what is it? I'm really sorry. I'm sure you're real sad that you got a daughter that made everything bad for you. (sighs) Don't want this. I didn't think I would have a daughter. I didn't think that I was going to be that lucky, but I am. She's going to open her hood a little bit, and she's going to look you dead in the eyes, and she's going to say, do you... 
Do you really mean it? Ellie's gonna hesitate. You have to understand, Zoe. I don't know how to be a mother. I've never been a mother. I don't think that I can... I don't think that I am what you think I am. Oh, okay. I I, I understand. I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry I talked to you when you just wanted to have fun at the roller coaster. And she's going to zip up the hood. So with that, the door is slam open. And you see Tommy Funbuck storm into the room, followed by Lorraine. His face is wrinkled and melting with rage. And he's running up to his room and he's just saying, I can't believe you took that offer. I can't believe you saved Mauve Rotorark's life. And Lorraine is just like, Tommy, darling, her pitch was amazing. And plus, that little boy she brought with him was so adorable. How could I say no? You know, you know. And he just walks up and he slams the door on Lorraine's face. And she just stands there for a second. She's like, Tommy, Tommy. Oh, oh well. And she pulls a piece of ice that she has in her hands and she just pops it into her mouth and starts chewing on it. Uh, and she walks back down the staircase and just plops into an armchair on size to herself. And next to you, Shock, uh, Lowell turns around and is like, wait, that was Tommy Funbuck? He looks good. Oh, hi. Hey, uh, so did the plan work? I'm, I'm kind of getting weird vibes here because, like, we're in, we're in a fancy place, but, like, there's death just everywhere. Shock shakes his head. Uh, he's, he's sort of staring off into space now. He wasn't really entirely certain what he should do once, once Ellie and Zoe started their talk. So he's just off to the side, not like across the room, just awkwardly out there. Like when someone's floating at a party and they don't know where to go or who to stand with. And they're just there. And he says, no, no, um, things went badly. And now I guess we're on some kind of contest where you pitch an idea. And if if the judges like it, we live. And if they don't, we we die. Well, that's a bit of a humdinger. I mean, uh, it couldn't be worse than his other games. Uh, Stab a Palooza, Talk or You're Dead. I mean, he has some pretty rough ones. You, you got the brand, right? You know, the one that that'll keep you from dying? No. No, we did not get the brand. Oh, well, in that case, uh, you know, Shock, I'm, I'm, I'm a little fond of you. Want to make sure you stay safe, so uh, we should, uh, we should come up with a plan. You got a plan. You got a product, right? You got a product. Uh, uh, uh what, what's a product? Uh, it's a thing that you sell. It's like, uh, like, uh, what is it? And he starts looking around, and he points at the blue fairy, and he points to her wings, like those weird things. You know, they're just uh fuzzy and weird and segmented and they just flap on their own. Like that's something that, uh, I mean, somebody might want to buy it. I mean, that she clearly did. You can see now that the blue fairy's wings, which don't only flap by themselves, they also look uncomfortably fuzzy and they seem kind of segmented. And you're looking at her, she's she's uh, from the where you were, she left the Cubo thing, she kind of passed by the back of the couch and then she went, she's over on the other side hanging out with Vespari, who looks kind of bored, honestly. It's just, this isn't his thing, uh, but like, this is how he... He was able to get all his performances. He agreed to be a big name on this terrible show. Shock will do one of those brief, like when a movie screen narrows around around someone's eyes at Vespari for a moment <laughs> and just be like, I don't come from a place where people buy or sell things. 
So if you have any ideas, uh, I, now would be the time before we all die. Well, um, hmm. Tommy Funball, have you, have you heard? Have you heard the cat's tail story? No. So there was a cat's tail segmented in the five different strands. Every time you asked for a wish from the tail, one of the strands would curl up and fade off. But it didn't do what you wanted. It always did some weird, like, inversion of it. It was really strange. Tommy loves that shit. He loves anything that you can t sell to someone, and it seems great, but it actually screws them over and gives him a profit. You are gonna wanna make sure it's actually garbage, though, because, again, can't really help you if you're actually being a bad guy. Sorry, it's just, like, a personal policy of mine. Huh. Shock will react to that with some mild surprise. Like, oh, you've never really, like, talked about what you're like. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, I mentioned that before. Don't like bad guys. Don't like bullies. Don't like, you know, just like that. I don't know, man. Everyone's just so, like, everyone fights so much, you know? There's just so much conflict and... Man, I just want to keep you safe. Well, thanks. Well, of course. So we need we need either a terrible wishing machine or something else that just breaks when you use it and you have to get another one. Should we actually have one to show them? Wait a second. Selling something but not actually having it there. You might have an idea there. Do you have any place where you can get like a lot of information about something? I imagine that if this were like a visual medium, the camera would just like pan slightly to the Cubo console right next to us and Shock will just like gesture an arm out towards it. All right, let's make some magic, shall we, buddy? Welcome to the announcement break for episode 28 of Quest Friends. Questionable Measures Part 10, which is two-thirds through our Questionable Measures Act, assuming the players can wrap up the final two episodes in next session. I have faith, but... I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro and outro music, as always, are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. We've got a uh, we've got a couple of flash announcements for you today. If you ordered any merch for us for that anniversary sale, you should have received it by this point. If you haven't, please send us an email at questfriendsquestions at gmail.com, or you can reach out on Twitter, Tumblr, wherever you would like. Thing number two is a reminder that if you tweet or Tumblr out about us using the hashtag QuestFriends, you will get put in a name pool, which will be used for items, NPCs, locations. Our name pool listener for this week was the character of Anne, who is named for Leaping Goldfish on Tumblr and is a very big fan of Lorraine. So I really, I hope, I, I've been worried about whether or not you would consider Lorraine being the person to like put that final judgment on you as something like cool or an insult, 
I meant it in the former category, and I, I'm really sorry if uh, it fell into the latter. So if you would like to be killed by a major or minor Quest Friends character, be sure to hashtag out Quest Friends on Twitter or Tumblr. Finally, for the month of December, Hallie and Kyle, I don't know why I said that in the third person because I'm Kyle, uh, Hallie and I are doing a holiday podcast. It's called Hallmarked. It's a conversation podcast that's coming out every Saturday where we watch a Hallmark movie and go really into depth about it. And we're doing that because Hallie likes Hallmark movies and I like looking way into things that are just really meant to be taken on the surface level. And if you're still on the fence about whether or not you'd be interested in it, I hope this brief trailer pushes you over the edge. Hallmark movies are good old-fashioned holiday fun. But what if you took these relatively simple movies and dug significantly deeper into them than they ever intended you to? I'm Hallie. And I'm Kyle. And every Saturday in December, we'll be doing the legwork for you. Every episode, we'll go through a study guide version of the movie, doing a brief summary, and then explaining the themes, the artistry, and really anything that you wouldn't normally notice because you were too busy baking cookies while watching the movie. So whether you are a seasoned Hallmark veteran like me, or have just kind of a morbid curiosity like me, we'll give you something to think about on Hallmarked, the seasonal literary analysis of Hallmark movies. And cut. Woo! First try. Nailed it. We didn't mess up at all. We didn't even mention, uh, it's Hallmarked with like an ED. Hallmark plus ED exclamation point. Oh, wait, okay. If you're looking at this, there's a link below. Hallmarked? No, we're not. No, we're not doing that. That's part of the commercial. I'm done. We've recorded an episode. I'm tired. I'm going home. It's got the ED because we're going to mark them. We're going to mark the Hallmark movies. We're going to mark them. Thanks so much for listening to today's announcements. Our next episode will be out on Monday, December 17th. I will see you then. The doors open again, and you see Mauve and a an elated Everett come in. And it looks like Everett has this like big Swiss Army knife of like cooking ingredients, and it looks like something he just has on hand, and he puts it back in his pocket. Uh, and that must have been what they were pitching was this like giant cookware. You know, use it anywhere, use it anytime. Uh, let me do it in Mauve's voice. You can use it anywhere. You can use it anytime. You could use it in the bath which is frankly a terrible place to cook, but I just wanted to make clear how well you could use it everywhere. I'm real proud of you, Shefferit. Uh, and I said that because Hallie said, uh, is Everett's name Shefferit? And she turns over and she's like, oh, Allie Badge? Is that the young one? Yeah, I screwed up. She's gonna gently look over uh, and kind of peer and she's like, hey, can I, can I have that propeller beanie back? And then so he's just going to gently let go and she's going to be like, you have no idea how big of a difference it was that you held us for that. It probably saved our lives. <laughs> Whatever. I wouldn't have even wanted to sell it anyway. Can I have it back now though? <laughs> and she sits next, uh, next to Zoe uh, and, and kind of across from you and she just leans over. She's like, well, looks like things are going well. At least just 
looking around guiltily. <laughs> so what are you going to do about her when you pitch your thing? Well, see, I was thinking about maybe just... Uh, I don't know. How do I get her out of here? Can you take her out now that you're done? Tell you what. Tommy might have tried to kill me, but he does owe me a few favors. What? I could probably ask him to let Zoe go. It's a small thing in his eyes. You know, Ellie, I am a bit surprised about one thing, though. You never quite struck me as the apologetic type, you know? And yet you've been just apologizing nonstop since, you know, last time uh, we saw you at the parade. Trying to say something, Mob? Oh, no, I'm just, you know, an old woman. Spit it out. Amusing to myself. No, I am not in the mood for dancing around the subject. Spit out whatever you're going to say. Uh, she's like, all right. You sure she can't hear us? I don't think so. You talk so much about keeping this young girl physically safe. Talk so much about how, well, you're, you act like you're obligated to keep her safe. You got this big obligation to keep her physically safe. You keep doing things that get her like this. What I'm saying is that this young girl came to you looking for a mother. That's what she needs, Ellie. She needs a mother. She doesn't need a bodyguard. Those aren't effective much in the ninth world anyway. And if she can make it to Rulettia, she's doing just fine. I, I, I've had a lot of, of young folks come in looking whether they wanted to know it or not for me to be a surrogate mother. And in the background, if this was a camera shot, in the background, you would just see Everett happily twirling his uh, propeller beanie as he walks across the... As he walks across our view. Just a slow camera zoom on Everett in the background of the shot. <laughs> and there were times when I knew I couldn't and I had to, I had to, to turn him away because the worst thing you can do for someone like that is stringing them along. What I'm saying, Ellie Badge, is regardless of whether or not she's biologically your daughter, you're gonna have to make a choice about whether or not you want to be her mother. And looking at how many folks around here seem to have grievances with young Shock, uh, it sounds like you don't have an awful lot of time to choose. Good for you, Moth, for being able to slip into that mom role. Good for you. Oh. Doesn't mean other people can do it. This is how I know how to do it. I know how to punch people back away from whatever youngin' I'm trying to protect. <laughs> Ellie Badge, back in fastin'. I told you that you were a natural at this. Yeah, well... And I absolutely 100% meant it. I think you're full of shit. I've made my bed. I'm gonna go lay in it. Ellie, if my adventures with the Heroes of Navarine have taught me anything, so you can take all the time you want to sort through your personal problems, but the worst thing you can do is force someone down into them with you. And she's going to stand up and say, I should probably go find Everett before he accidentally pisses off one of the guards and gets us all shot. Ellie's going to go punch the wall again. All right, give me a roll. I'm going to give you three rolls because she's going to punch with her right. She's going to punch with her left. And then she's going to punch with her right again. Six, twelve, five. Your punching just gets worse and worse. Why does your punching get worse and worse each time? Because you I'm very upset and Ellie doesn't know how to handle emotions, so she punches things. Emotions don't make her punch better, but they do make her punch. But who is Ellie angry at? Oh, Tom! <laughs> dropping <laughs> some fruit bombs! You punch a few times, and on, on the last punch, a dozen lines of light shoot out. 
from the double doors in Tommy Fumbuck's room. And Tommy comes out refreshed and looking a lot more composed, both emotionally and physically. Like that kind of melting, wrinkled look he has. Completely gone. He's looking fresh. He's looking dapper. He's looking swag. <laughs> so he walks down and he happily says, All right, everyone. Let's get ready. Great Vespari, more like fantastic Vespari, spectacular Vespari, friendly neighborhoods Vespari. Lorraine, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good about you too right now. And of course, our next contestant, Lady Citrine, and the woman in the press business suit says, Madame Citrine, thank you very much. All right, whatever, lady. Let's get hopping over into the main chambers. And as he walks past, Mauve looks at him and is like, Tommy, Mauve Rotorark, congratulations on surviving this time. Let's get going! And as he walks through the well, kind of, you two have been talking to Cubo, I'm assuming a little bit, looking up some stuff. Uh, and the well turns over. Wait, that's Mauve Rotorark? Wow. Tommy looks really good. What do you remember them as? Well, what do you mean? I remember them as uh, Tommy Funbuck and Mauve Rotorark. Yeah, but you make it sound like you remember them looking very different. Like, how old are you? Dude, I'm telling you, I don't... Oh. I, ooh, I am gonna have a... This might have been a bad time to bring that up. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Just got a couple of... You know, we should really make sure we live, because I got a couple of things I think I need to work out. That's a good idea. All right, all right, all right. I made a lot of I made a lot of big boasts earlier about how if it was Tom the player, I could easily talk myself out of this, just not shock the character. Let's let's put that 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 galaxy brain to work here. But Tom, you're just shock. <laughs> no, shush. <laughs> no. Um. Hmm. What? So what does Tommy want? He wants to sell things for nothing. What if the cost of production was exactly zero scratch? Because, and this is this is how it works. You trick the people into making the content for you. We've been looking up how one might create a sort of collection of medias that could be recorded and shown to other people. A sort of, like, a very awesome channel, if you will, that gathered the best of the best for the low, low price of absolutely nothing, and then just sort of, like, skimmed money off the top of that. Thomas Pitkin, are you talking about YouTube Red? No, he's talking about Channel Awesome. Oh. Yeah, and Cubo has looked up a variety of things. As you repeat that out loud, Cubo will say, That is an excellent summation of everything that I've told you. Media is the best way to get people to do something for nothing. And the most convenient part of it is that most of the people who actually get the product don't expect actual money to be paid to the person. So it's something where the customer doesn't have to pay anything, Tommy has to do no work, and people will do plenty of work for free. All that remains is a name for the platform. I have generated some automatic lists here. Shock will will cut off Cuba there and say these are all excellent suggestions, but I I think we can we can come up with a name for this. And Shock will like look over at Lowell and be like, uh, what about what about Brainbud? Brainbud. Oh, it's in your brain and it comes out. It's like me, but you know. Bad. I got one of those too, like like a literal brain bud as well. And Shock will like pop open the hatch in his head and be like, "See, Shock, you, you, buddy, you gotta stop doing that. Is it getting worse? What? 
No, I, I upgraded myself. I upgraded my mind. He's gonna lay, put his hand on your shoulder. He's like, Shock, I've seen a lot of strange people. You might be the strangest, and I love it. I think we got a solution here. Alright, so we got a couple minutes. We got we got some time to kill. Why did you want to see Tommy? You wanted to investigate Tommy Funbuck or something, right? Did we do that? Ah. Uh... We could try to break in, but I'm not sure if that's especially safe right now. So you can get Ellie to be a distraction. Right now, she is just standing very stiffly at an angle with her forehead on the wall. <laughs> and in fact, a, uh, a couple of the guards from outside, so not the one yet up on the balcony, uh, they haven't gone yet. But like two of the guards are just like next to her like... uh they're not allowed to speak, but they're trying to be like, are you okay? Is everything okay? So does that mean the double doors don't have a guard in front of them right now? The double doors still have Bazooka Anin. Bazooka Anin is still vigilantly standing there. But if you could get the other ones distracted, you could probably get Bazooka Anin distracted too. Bazooka <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, distract. What else do we see in- do, do I see anything else useful in this room? Uh, give me a roll to see if you see anything useful. All right, sounds good. Let's use this other die, since the other one seems to have accrued a curse. That's, that's what we're, that's the money. 14. 14, yeah, what do you want to see? Give me something. I want to see, like, some sort of machine that I can use to distract this guy. Like, like, what if, what if there's, like, some sort of slot machine or, or rough equivalent nearby, and it's got, like, a little display screen and speaker that could go, like, Hey, you! Yeah, you! You want to win big? Because I want Shock to use distant activation to just discreetly turn this on as if by magic. Yeah, you turn it on and you hear a voice say, Hey, you, you lucky winner. Have you, you've seen t-shirt guns. You've seen t-shirt bazookas. But have you seen t-shirt dynamite? It's dynamite in every definition of the word, my friend. And your previous t-shirt weaponry will look absolutely pathetic by comparison. Everybody, I mean everybody, will laugh at you, including that guy that you've been trying to get the attention of. And you hear this, like, like other voice. You hear the same voice do a mimic, like, <laughs> Man, yeah, you look pathetic with that bazooka. You want to win big, don't you? And then you just hear this really muffled voice behind the meme mask say, I do want to win big! <laughs> So I can impress Chris! <laughs> and it runs down and it starts playing the slot! Oh no! Oh, Alright, Shock will will hustle. It'll be like one of those awkward where he's just like standing there wide-eyed, like, don't don't see me. And then he just like does like a long stretching step outward and then just like speeds away from that one slow long step up to the double doors. <laughs> Do you see anything, Ellie? Um... No one's looking at me, right? Oh, the guards are looking, so I wouldn't. Uh, want no, to I'm gonna say they're all distracted now. They all want to <laughs> win, and they're kind of like fighting. They're they like, no, Chris will, Chris. Chris will be mine. Okay, um, I'm gonna say I would like to notice Shock leaving, and Mav and Everett are. Uh, yeah, Mav is by Everett. Everett has stopped one of the guards, and he's showing off his like super cool cookware set, and the guard is loving it. <laughs> The guard, like, is like, man, I didn't know how to cook, but with this, I think I can. Uh, and, like, Mav is just supporting him. Because, like, Everett hasn't seemed this passionate about something in a long time. So That's she just wants to support do. it. Yeah. And then so he's just a puddle. She's just a puddle. Like a little sweater bing bag. Um, Elise gonna awkwardly not touch Zoe, but, like, 
air pat her a little bit and then um, sneak gonna, after shock. She's going to like turn a little bit as if she acknowledges that and then you'll run off. Yes, I think. Yes. All right. So you go to the store and uh, how are you going to open it up? It's locked. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you would assume it's locked, right? Or do you assume it's unlocked? I mean, Shock will poke at like Like, he doesn't know if it's locked. Because Tommy Fumbuck just came through here. Did he lock it on his way out? You'll poke it, and it'll just creak open, and you'll see a small chip of ice just drop. Uh, it seemed to be propping the door open, and it'll just drop to the ground. Hmm. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah, okay. Shock realizes the significance of this. Five shins, Lorraine set that up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we can. I think we can assume. I think we can assume that this is not ice that melts. Come on, Sean. Take the bet. I don't have any money. I spent it all on Steven. I also have no money left. Uh, so Shock will turn to Ellie excitedly as he like ushers her in, like let's go in before anyone notices. Ellie, we have an idea for the for the the show. I, I think we maybe have a chance. Really? Wait, we? Lowell and and, and me. You talking about the, the the kid in your in your brain? Yeah, y- yeah. We 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 talked to. He's a, he's a bit better at the talking to people stuff. Well, that's good. He, he had an idea. We did a little research. You did research. Yes. Also in your head. No, but on Cubo this time. Okay, so should I be part of this pitch or just let you do the talking? Shaw uh... will actually look to Lowell for this one. I would also like to state that Ellie has an inability in pleasant social interaction. Woo, same. Well, but it is. I mean, if she, if she has a way with words, I mean, you might as well let her talk, right? Does she have Does she have a way with words? Chuck will like just shake his head. <laughs> I, I think maybe it's easiest if we just let Lowell do the talking. I guess through me. I don't know. Uh, it's scary. Anyway, I thought maybe we could sneak in here and actually, actually investigate Tommy Funbuck. Because our real plan is other things. I want to look around the room. Okay, yeah, so you enter the room. Uh, and Tommy's room, Tommy's room is just too much. He doesn't have a bed size bigger than King, which he calls Emperor. His bed is a size bigger than that which he calls Mogul. Fountain the worst! Fountain projectors litter the room like columns in an ancient hallway, and you see that the doorways to at least five ornate bathrooms, one of which is closed. Shock's gonna go up to that closed bathroom door and poke it open with his staff, just like from a slight distance away, you know, in case it's booby trapped. I bet he has those projectors so he can make out with himself. What does that mean, Ellie Badge? Never mind. What are we looking at? Oh. Uh, while the other bathrooms were typical access, one made completely out of bronze, one of silver, one of gold, and one of platinum, this room is surprisingly industrial. The floor has replaced fancy tiles with a large metal grate, which keeps you from falling into a putrid fluid below, while a dozen thick rubber-bound tubes wallpaper the space. These tubes sporadically pulse as yellow bands of light course through them and move towards a large metallic Easy Life pod. Connected to this pod are three things. On one side is a coat rack filled with several perfectly replicated versions of Tommy Fumbuck's outfit. On the other side, a digital counter says over 100,742 saps served, and that number increases every time another batch of life enters the pod. And finally, 
A still body slumps against the side of the pod, bits of itself dripping through the grating into the pool below. Well, I think we learned why Tommy Funbuck looks so young all the time. I've been waiting for the body horror I was warned! (laughs) Ellie's gonna look very grossed out and think about poking it, but then pull her hand back. Shog stares at it with a sort of morbid curiosity. Like, he also thinks it's gross, and he, like, he's horrified by the idea of what Tommy is doing to the people of Ruledia. But there's, like, something about the machine itself that's just curious to him. Like, he can't help but, like, take it all in, see, like, how could something like this even work? I'ma, uh, um, I'ma let you look over this, kid. <laughs> so, uh, you look around, Shock, and you see at the back... Something called a near battery. And a near battery converts and holds immense amounts of power. So it can essentially turn one kind of energy into a different kind of energy. And you can tell that this Easy Life pod, it looks different. It's, it's large, it's metal, it looks a lot more sturdy than the other ones. And it looks like all these dozen bands of yellow light are funneling themselves into one side of the battery. And then that battery seems to be taking that energy and converting it into a different energy that it uses to power the machine itself. And by the size of this battery, it looks like it's a massive fucking amount of energy it uses. So that's what you notice, and you're going to be kind of distracted a little bit. Ellie, you turn over, and you see the melting face of Tommy Funbuck. Yeah. This one looks remarkably similar to the one who entered the room, as opposed to the one that left the room. But the thing about it is that he's still. But he's not still like a body that's been killed and has like rigor mortis. Uh, he's a lot more fluid than that. As I said, it's, it's melting. And it looks almost like, it looks soulless, almost. As if like any life that was there, anything that would fuel life is just gone and shifted someplace else. Do you get it? Do you get what's going on? I think, I think, I think we've picked up. Okay, cool. I'll, I want to give you a GM intrusion. Okay. Who do you want to give the other point to? Well, let's see. I think I made a pledge last time we played when I found out what certain players were doing with all their XP, so I'm going to give it to Tom. That's good because I had exactly zero. So uh, a quiet voice sniffles behind you and says, Is he going to be okay? I turn around. Is it Zoe? It is. And she's like, I'm sorry, I just... It seemed like you didn't think I was helpful, so I just wanted to be helpful. That that's that's all. No no no. Zoe, I wouldn't look though. Yeah, that's that's Tommy Funbuck's old body. It's just <laughs> melting into the ground. There's there's nothing left anymore. He he just got rid of it and got a new one. But what how does someone make a new body? Oh he's got he's got this this uh this device here. It looks like he's using the whole easy life system to just suck up all of the extra lives in Ruledia like like a vacuum. Lowell's gonna turn over to you and say you know, Shock, you're being surprisingly cavalier about this whole thing. You, you are, you're okay, buddy, right? You're not compensating or something? Honestly, I've been super shocked since I came in here. I, I've just, I don't know what to do. This almost feels normal and understandable compared to going out in front of that crowd and, and selling nothing to them. You know, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to agree with you there, actually. Uh, this is more, this is, let's just figure out what's going on. So I want you all to roll a perception roll, just because I know we're running low on time and I want to make sure we wrap up this episode. Twelve. 
Four. Okay, so Shock, you notice a couple of things. You notice that there are a couple of there are a couple of beetles in the room. They're just a couple of blue beetles. Uh a couple a couple are on the machine, but like you don't notice enough to be alarming, you just notice a few. And you're quickly distracted because you see that the next contestant, uh, you see that she is finally presenting her product. And so you see this woman in this business suit proudly exclaim, I am Madame Citrine, and today I present for you a device that will be a truth teller and pull the truth from all aspects of the data sphere. You see most folks, even nanos, uh, and she gives a look to Vespari and he just like scoffs at it and the audience just like laughs. Even nanos can only access one part of the data sphere, but what if I told you that all of you could access the data sphere from right at home? Please no, not like this. And she pulls out a box. This is the loft net. And you can use the loft net to communicate with any part of the data sphere. Let me just put my hands in now. No. Uh, and she sticks her hand into the box and it starts to twirl around. She's like, oh, I've, I found something. I found someone who wants to say something and it's very close. And at that point, Shock, you start to hear a garbled message coming through from Misha. I believe the ones that were not fine after all were us. But it's, it, it, it stops after a second. You start hearing this frantic beeping that you haven't heard before. Wait, what? There, there are two separate messages? I will spend any amount of effort I need to, to focus in on Misha's message. All right, give me a roll. All right, so uh, I, ha- I can do three levels of effort right now, right? Yeah, so we're doing that. Allow me to just make a quick subtraction here. I rolled a three, but it's three steps easier, so I might as well have rolled a twelve. After a little bit of fighting, the message stops, and you can tell that it's just trying to call you repeatedly. But eventually it stops. Eventually it it stops, and you can hear in on Misha's voice, which says what they said last episode. I believe the ones that were not fine after all were us. If something happened to us, I just want to say I like you very much. You hear that, and then... You're going to hear some spooky stuff in the background. Um, but wh- why do you end up responding as you do to Misha? Shock has alternated from like the pure terror of believing that he's stuck in a situation that he does not understand and does not know how to fight his way out of to the almost relative calm of having a plan and seeing an act. Horrifying, yes, but like comprehensible given the horrors that he's seen lately. But now it's it's turned back into this cold terror again, seeing what he saw on the set, on the stage, the arena, whatever you want to call it. Seeing someone claim to be able to do something that Shock previously thought was something that was more of Misha's wheelhouse. And to get this interference when Misha was calling, he's afraid again. He's very afraid for Misha. So he tries to send the most heartfelt message he can. Maybe it's a mixture of like feeling bad that he sent them away and like didn't ask for their help here, or maybe worrying that now they're alone and stuck and in danger and he and Ellie can't help them, but he tries to send the most heartfelt message he can. Meanwhile, Ellie, even you can't uh, ignore this video as Zoe is like looking at it dumbfounded. And Madame Citrine continues. She's like, oh yes, she is very, she is very close. Her name, her name, her name. The lady with cinnabar lips. And the antenna starts to glow red. And she is angry. She is so, 
so angry because she wants what is hers and she can't have it. She demands to have it back. She has been waiting so long and fought so hard and gotten so many things out of the way. Yet again, people keep thinking they can take what belongs to hers and make it their own. These arrogant fools can demand that what is rightfully her property belongs to somebody else and she will not let that stand. So she wants to send a message to those that she knows are listening that you will give her back what is hers or everything, absolutely everything will be gone. And as she yells out gone, this unearthly, unnerving scream starts to let out so loud that even you, Shock, can hear it as your communication with Misha disappears. And the fountains do as well. When the connection drops and that speech ends in that shriek, Shock is going to immediately pull up a cutting light in his left hand uh, and blast it into the Easy Life pod and just clench his fists at his side. Give me a roll. I got a 12. How you want to cut through that easy life? Well, Shock's arms are just sort of shaking, and he just, like, without even really looking at it, just sticks out his hand, palm out, and just an angry blast of light just slashes across it. Shock! What are you doing? There's something out there that's trying to hurt Misha, and I don't know what it is. I... We, 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 we were gonna break it anyway, right? We can't let him keep doing that, right? Right? I'm sorry, I was just angry there. Okay, so Ellie is more comfortable with this anger she can deal with. She's gonna clap him on the shoulder. <laughs> I'm proud of you, boy. <laughs> We're bonding over like smashing walls in rage. You just go do screamo after this. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. You know, sometimes you just need to hit things. And that's, that's her speech to him. <laughs> All right, you're starting to hear footsteps come up the door. What do you do? Oh, shit, we should go. Uh, yeah, let's just, just walk out. You know, I don't think he was probably stealing Cubo anyway. I think he's a little more focused. You go to leave the room, and you notice that the guards have opened the door, and they're charging towards you. They haven't seen you, but, like, a couple are going to go towards where the sound... Actually, they're not going to the sound. They vaguely know where it is, but they're kind of splitting up all over the place. And a couple are positioned at the door. And Zoe's still with us? Yeah, Zoe's still with you. Great. Um... When she, uh, she actually, when you talk about punching, she, like, tried to punch something. It was like, ugh! Oh! And luckily it didn't hurt her, because she feels with her hair. Did but, like, I see it? You did. I want to clap her on the shoulder, too. She's real proud. Oh. My heart is filled with so much love. <laughs> I just need a second. Hang on. I have that Lowell connection now, right? I, I have that power. Lowell lift. Yes. There was an ability that I gave Tom early on, but... We decide he was only going to use once he tried to start the trust Lowell. He has the Lowell lift, which means once per session, Lowell can essentially help him with the task, making it one step easier. So like Lowell, again, can see within immediate distance around shock. So like he could see something, he could like help lift shock up because they've got that weird kind of physical interaction. Basically, so long as Tom can justify Lowell doing it. Right, right, right. Uh, 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 um, hey, can Lowell, can Lowell help us... Is this room big enough that we could, like, squeeze ourselves up against the wall and, like, just duck out when they duck in? Can Lowell help us with the timing of that? Yes, Lowell is going to, like, turn over and be like, all right, 
One, two, three, or three, two, one? On three. It doesn't matter. Go, 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 go. <laughs> All right. Do we roll now? Yeah. All right. With an extra extra level of effort from LOL. Yeah, bo- oh, that's an eight. I feel like I just failed that roll based on the look on your face. All right. So you brush up against the walls. The guards pass by and you see them go to, they, they go to the pot and they turn around and they're like, oh shit, the battery is gone. Where the hell did the battery go? Wait, did I do that or? No. You didn't do that. But something that oh. has disappeared as well are those blue beetles you saw. Motherfuckers. <laughs> and. Oh, I was. Oh. You see like Zoe is kind of nursing her head a little bit with the headache. And you see a guard turn the corner and they're like, no, you hear Tommy Fumbuck say, are you sure they're here? Are you sure those assholes are here? They're going to pay for it. And he turns the corner. And as he does, you see a blue beetle crawl its way down out of Zoe's hair, crawl down across the grating, climb up and attach itself back onto the wing of the blue fairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had gathered that bit. Tom had gathered that bit. And uh, Tommy just says, oh, and then he just puts on the most unnervingly fake smile you could ever imagine. And he says, all right, my dudes, who's ready for some trash? You know why I stopped you. Yeah, Charlie just... (laughs) Like the lady with Cinnabar lips will do to all of your souls. Oh, I got genuinely very distressed during that speech. Secret villain. Like... The lady with Cinnabar lips is going to lick our souls. I definitely need to fictionally punch something right there. I was not happy with this person. (gasps) Lady was in Nisha is no one's property. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very clear. A, a <laughs> message for all those who she knows are listening. Yeah, yeah. I think I got the message. If the line hadn't gone completely dead, I was I was gonna try and like open up a line of my own and like shout back. Be like, fuck you. Get off my back, mom. Shut up, Jafar. <laughs>